Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. It is uh, it's late Sunday night, very late Sunday night, almost, if I'm being honest, almost Monday morning, but that's okay. Uh, you guys uh, are owed an episode and an unfortunate one. It's a uh, reaction show to... Ole Miss's loss to Alabama. So again, my name is Michael Borky. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to this one. Search Rebel Report in your favorite podcast app. Uh, subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. Appreciate you checking this out on the website, as a lot of you do. But hop on over to that podcast app and search Rebel Report and subscribe and leave a rating and a review. So I have a long, long conversation coming your way. This is from... The, uh, the the Sunday live chat, a lot of reaction uh, from Ole Miss fans. There are some state fans in there as well. They lost as well. Just a bad weekend around Mississippi. Southern Miss lost to, like, a horrible loss. They lost to a really bad Arkansas State team. So, kind of sucked around here this weekend, if we're being completely honest. And uh, talked a lot about the Alabama loss and specifically, at least to me, what it means for Lane Kiffin, I, I went back and listened to it, actually, after it was over. I thought, uh, being off the cuff, I, I was actually uh, pretty proud, is that the right word, of uh, of how I, I presented the the way this should go moving forward. There, there's been a lot of emotion around this game, and, and understandably so, but I feel like uh, what happened this past Saturday will only be what the reaction warranted if they continue to stack up losses, which a lot of people think they're going to, and I understand that. But um, on this late Sunday night, Monday, when you're listening to this, the the world has not ended uh, just yet. Uh, but they do have to get off the mat and uh, and fight back and bounce back, I should say, in a big way with LSU in town this weekend. So we'll get into that right after I tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Vantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com, that's the website. If your business is located anywhere in Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to IT projects and cloud storage and data security and everything in between, if it's tech, if it's in the office and your business is in Mississippi and you need it, Advantage Business Systems has you covered. ABSMS.com, tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment, so you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority like they make me their priority every time I go. Uh, I uh, have been thoroughly impressed since I switched over to Priority One Bank with uh, the personal relationships that it feels like are being built every time I walk in. They really do truly make me feel like a priority. They will you as well. They have local loan servicing and decision making as well. So if you need a loan, you don't have to hop on Zoom or call somebody in a different state. To get all of that done, it's right here. It's in your backyard. 16 locations in Mississippi. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Here it is now, the reaction show from the weekend that uh, that wasn't around here in Mississippi. Enjoy that, and I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. 
uh, we will go because uh, it's kind of like a venting session here. This weekend could have gone better. Ole Miss got humbled. That's the word I'm going to use uh, today, tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, all that stuff. Ole Miss got humbled this weekend. In particular, Lane Kiffin got humbled this weekend. Uh, Mississippi State had a historic offensive output, uh, at least in some categories, and still squandered opportunities against probably the worst conference defense that they're going to see for the rest of the year. Uh, So uh, blown opportunities uh, for Mississippi State, leaving a lot of fans scratching their heads about defense. The one side of the ball, at least in the front six, that you thought they were going to be really good and Frankly, they're they're not, and that is uh, that is a problem. But Will Rogers bounced back nicely, just uh, just wasn't uh, enough. And even Southern Miss, uh, horrible horrible loss for Will Hall. All I mean, frankly, really bad. And if Southern Miss fans are starting to question whether or not they have the right guy, it is fair to ask that at, at this point and time. So a horrible weekend around here. Again, I'm Michael Borky. Please like the video. Uh, they're usually. A little bit more upbeat than this, but we got to be honest tonight. That that is what that is what tonight is. It's honesty night. There's there's no I mean there's no real spinning what happened this weekend. And um, usually they're they're more upbeat than this. So subscribe if you have not already. Please like the video. All that. Corey's not letting the loss bring him down. He says eleven and one still. And as you guys know, the chat's going to drive the conversation. What you guys want to talk about is what we will talk about. Johan says, "Did you see Will Hall's offensive collapse in the third? This in this third year when Southern Miss is supposed to finally right the ship? I didn't expect it to to go down like this. Uh, frankly, it's one of the more surprising things." is is how inept they are. I mean, again, that was a horrible, horrible loss for Southern Miss. That is a bad Arkansas State program. Um, Butch Jones is going to lose his job at the end of this season. That was a really bad loss for Southern Miss. And I know they've they've dealt with quarterback injuries uh, for the last couple of years. But it is fair. If you're wondering, you know, what the hell um, is this guy right for the job? It's fair to ask that. Now, I'm not saying that he needs to be on the hot seat right now. Did go to a bowl game last year, overcame quarterback issues, all that. I get it. But if you are asking those questions, it's fair. About time to adjust the Ole Miss offense, something where RPOs aren't the base of the playbook. That You, you are outside of my pay grade when it comes to the, the intimate schematic dealings of the, the playbook. That is, uh, that is above my pay grade. Another statement with the money that uh, Ole Miss is paying Quinshawn Judkins could have had Keon Coleman if we knew Judkins was going to play like this the first four weeks. Now, in fairness, in fairness, um, a, a running back can only do so much. He didn't play poorly yesterday. His line played poorly, and frankly, he didn't get enough touches. That that is something that you know we'll we'll dissect that game and and I'm sure you guys are going to have thoughts on Lane Kiffin and and we'll talk about that as well. But something that is just frankly inexcusable, I mean completely and totally inexcusable, is uh, going an entire quarter, four possessions, if I remember correctly, without giving your most skilled offensive player a touch, not one, not a single touch in the second quarter. That is malpractice. And I understand if, like, you're struggling up front and it's hard to just give traditional handoffs um, to to somebody like him. But you've got to find creative ways to get him the football. Everybody else in football finds creative ways to get their best player uh, the ball. And Ole Miss is, like, just kind of conceding that, well, if 
if the offensive line is struggling, then um, then Quinshawn is just not going to be a factor in, in the offense. And now somebody explained that. that. That doesn't make any sense at all. So um, I, I think your gripe, if you're talking about NIL money and where it should have gone, is um, it's fair to ask uh, a one-year rental backup quarterback is getting paid how much? That money could have been reallocated to a position that is of uh, greater importance than um, only getting a snap when Dart's helmet falls off. That That's where the gripe should be, not with what Judkins is getting paid. It's are you being resourceful with limited resources compared to that of Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, when you're paying a one-year rental backup quarterback what you're paying? That is where the gripe should be, not with Quinshawn. Going to be honest, you say no one should be surprised by Ole Miss's performance Saturday. It's like this every year against Alabama or a big game with Kiffin. Um, it, here's here's the thing about about Kiffin or, or or this game in particular. So a, a lot of people are doing the you know they pay nine million dollars for this thing, and a lot of people are are going back and and poking not poking are, are angry about. The, the way he conducted himself going into this game. Well, the way he conducted himself shouldn't surprise you because he does that every year. I mean, it, it, it's who he is. Um, but all of this can be true at once. Lane Kiffin's tweets had no impact on the outcome of the game, none. Him talking about defensive coordinator things in a press conference did not impact the, the outcome of the game. It didn't. However. Uh, if you do those things and then score 10 points offensively, you're going to get ridiculed. And frankly, you deserve to be ridiculed. It's kind of the double-edged sword, right? People like me, media people, I, I laughed at Lane Kiffin in a press conference. I, I laughed. I thought it was funny when he was like, hey, who's calling the plays? I don't know. Also, we've got guys in your program telling us stuff about your program. Like, I find that kind of stuff funny. But I'm not invested in the program. And I learned this weekend that Lane Kiffin's Q rating among Ole Miss fans is much lower than I thought it was, uh, frankly. That that act has grown really thin, tired, whatever it may be, whatever you want to call it, uh, with Ole Miss fans. Because I'm not invested in the program. I I don't buy season tickets. I don't spend $1,000 a weekend for a hotel to watch the team play. Uh, I don't donate to the collective, that same collective that is drawing a, a a monthly amount out of my bank account to pay a backup quarterback a couple hundred thousand dollars if the rumors are true. Um, I, I'm not invested in that way. So the people that are, I've again, I've, I've, I've learned over the, over the weekend, um, are are done with that kind of act. If you're going to do that, if you're going to do the Taylor Swift tweets and and you're going to troll in a press conference and you lose and your offense looks like that when you lose, the Ole Miss fans at large are done forgiving that kind of behavior. What does that mean? Probably, I mean, I don't know, nothing, I guess. But it is very hard to take Lane Kiffin seriously when he does that and then loses. That's Again, it's a double-edged sword thing. If he did that and won, everybody would be talking about how brilliant of a master Lane Kiffin is and all that stuff. And so, you know, it is a scoreboard business, and, and the wins and the losses 
change the narrative around a person. But the the Ole Miss fans that I've interacted with, and it's been a good bit over the weekend, um, view their football coach as deeply unserious. And when you are paying him what you are paying him and what you are investing in him, what the fans are investing in him, um, giving off the appearance of being unserious while really struggling offensively uh, is a recipe for anger and fans are mad and and they should be uh, putting it performing the way they did after the way he acted this week opens himself up for scrutiny and ridicule and and he deserves it um, fans are fed up man I mean it, I, I'm telling you it would have been re- that yesterday would have been received differently had he not tweeted a thing and had he not told in a press conference it would have been and so now, this is a very interesting time uh, for Lane Kiffin. It is one loss, especially a loss on the road in Tuscaloosa, is not season-defining in, in any way, shape, or form. Not for Ole Miss. I, I mean, uh, unless you had irrational expectations, I, I thought that Ole Miss was going to be an 8-4 and four team this season. Uh, my mind has not changed at all uh, about that number. I am more confident that they will go 8-4. and four. Uh, than than I was before watching them play this weekend and also watching the rest uh, of the SEC. I mean, there are very winnable games still left on this schedule. Uh, There are vulnerabilities all over the West. Uh, And I know they got to play Georgia. That's that sucks. But still, I I mean, there's the opportunity for me to be spot on with my record prediction. Um, So, you know, that's still certainly on the table, I guess. But we are going to find out a lot about Lane Kiffin starting this week. We are. Um, Because, again, one loss to Alabama doesn't define a season. It it shouldn't. If it does for you, then you're crazy. Uh, But but do they get off the mat and respond? Uh, Does he earn the $9 million that he's currently getting? Do they make some adjustments offensively and – uh, take a shot at LSU, a, a game that at least the odds makers think that is certainly winnable for them. Uh, LSU looked vulnerable in a lot of spots on Saturday night when Arkansas, fresh off of a loss to BYU, took them down to the wire. I mean, that that is a beatable LSU team, but can you do it? Can you get off the mat and uh, not let the Alabama loss send you in an, into an emotional tailspin uh, like that loss did uh, a season ago? This now is all about Lane Kiffin. The loss, frankly, is all about Lane Kiffin, in part because uh, he made it about himself, in part because the head coach usually takes all the blame and the credit for everything that happens in a program, which is fair. The offense performed poorly. The defense played well enough to win the game, more than well enough to win the game, quite frankly. When you hold Alabama to 225 through the air in 2.9 yards per carry, you should win the football game. Defense did everything they could to win that game. So it's about him because of how he acted. It's about him because he's the head coach and it's his, his program. And it's about him because he's supposed to be the offensive savant and the offense did not come through on Saturday. And then can you... Can he accept this humbling and at least give off the appearance of being more serious? Uh, this should have been a humbling loss for him. We'll find out if it actually actually is. Say Judkins looks like a waste this year. I, I disagree. It, it, he's too big. He'll need to lose some weight. Too stiff. I didn't see that on Saturday. 
I, I didn't see that. I, I saw a guy that, um, I mean, Alabama really stacked the box and tried to limit the run, and, and they controlled the line of scrimmage. But I, I, I think they needed to force feed him the football in more ways. He looked like his old self on Saturday. It's it's just they're not doing a good enough job of uh, establishing lanes and and getting him the football in the right places. I, I've re- I've been. To, to say that Judkins looked bad yesterday implies that Bentley would have looked better with the exact same carries in the same situations. And, and that I just, I don't agree with. I think that the issue for Ole Miss was right up front. And also it, I mean, from my untrained eye was a uh, very uncreative um, play call. You enjoyed the Colorado beatdown. Oh boy. Well, we'll get we'll get to that this week if if there's time. But my gosh, the 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 media around this discord it's so ridiculous. I mean, you would think that that would have shut people up and it didn't. I'm not even talking about Dion. Like again, I like Dion Sanders. I think he's good for college football. The way he's covered is ridiculous. It's it's truly hyperbolic nonsense and it hasn't stopped it's only gotten worse it's only gotten worse with getting their asses kicked it's unbelievable just the the highlighting of basic college football stuff is anyway you know people will point to darts interception and the missed field goal that swung the game but abandoning the run in the first half really screwed things yeah that those two things were were momentum killers for sure just a really really poor decision from dart there Uh, absolutely but yeah they i mean they weren't running the football great but i mean you saw especially when they went back to it in the second half that they were able to at least somewhat stay on schedule in this game while running the football and in the second quarter it was just like they they didn't even they didn't even bother it was a, a very I mean it's frustrating to watch an offense seem so conservative and predictable which is not something that you should describe a Lane Kiffin offense as but that's kind of what it felt like to my untrained eye who had state's defense being the problem for state not me you say I certainly did it I get a great player beating us, but the routine tackles being missed by a senior defensive line is infuriating. Also, the lack of discipline. I mean, um, jumping on on fourth and short to to give away a first down. Um, Penalties are are a problem. I mean, you you get a bounce back game from Rodgers and and Tulu. And I mean, like I said before, I, I don't expect, I don't think that Mississippi State plays a worse defense moving forward in conference play. I know Western Michigan and Southern Miss are on the schedule still. So, um, but I think South Carolina presented the best opportunity for them to have an explosive night offensively. They had that explosive night offensively and couldn't stop South Carolina. It's, that was rough, man. That that was really rough. And, and it's the same principle with Zach Arnett and Mississippi state as Lane Kiffin and, and Ole Miss. Everybody's mad at Charlie Weiss jr. Right now, but, Lane Kiffin has a headset and a play sheet in his hand. He is the head coach after all, but he's an offensive head coach. And every call that gets made goes through his headset, and he has um, veto power. 
And so when when the, the take is all, oh, Weiss sucks, Weiss sucks, Weiss sucks, do you think that Charlie Weiss is doing things that Lane Kiffin doesn't want him to do? It, it doesn't make any sense at all. And, and nobody really knows exactly that. I mean, Lane said today that, you know, he lets his play callers call plays, but he intervenes when he when he finds it necessary. So that right there is, a, is an endorsement of what is being called. When he says, I let them do their thing, but I intervene when I need to, that means he's endorsing every single play that gets called. And so when you blame Charlie Weiss for the bad offense, blame his boss. The, the offensive savant, Lane Kiffin, has a headset on and a play sheet and veto power. Every play that gets called, he endorses. He said as much today. So, and it's the same thing with with Mississippi State and, and Zach Arnett and Mac, Matt Brock. Everybody's, you know, I saw some memes about Arnett staring at Matt Brock. Well, Zach Arnett's a defensive guy. Uh, so anything going wrong with the defense is is heightened more because it's Zach Arnett's defense. This is what he's supposed to be good at. This is what they should be good at, and they're not. And so don't just scrutinize Matt Brock for, for the bad defense. His head coach is a defensive guy. And and everything goes through Zach Arnett's headset. So I, I don't I don't like and I don't think people are actually doing this. This is kind of this is hyperbolic myself, but I don't like people scapegoating uh the coordinators when the head coaches have veto power and they are Mississippi State's problem was defense. Zach Arnett's a defensive guy. Ole Miss's problem was offense. Blake Kiffin's the offensive guy, and they failed. It's not good. Pete Golding and Sonny P did their jobs. The entire defense did. I, I know that, look, there was a, a third down defense wasn't perfect uh, or, or anything close to it. Um, they gave up a couple of big plays. They, they really got worn out in the second half. They were on the field too long, and they don't, they don't have the talent and depth to overcome being on the field as, as long as they were asked to be on the field. But if I told you on, on Friday that Ole Miss is going to hold – Alabama to 225 passing and 2.9 per carry, you would have said Ole Miss wins by three touchdowns or more. Uh, they they did everything they possibly could have done to win that game. And the weird thing, the Alabama media is still ripping on Golding after that game. It's so bizarre. It, whatever. I mean, th- those people just – anyway, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Ole Miss defensively did enough to win the game. They did more than enough uh, to win the game. That was a winning performance on the road in the SEC – Three of the 24 points they gave up were a drive that started on their one-yard line, and they held it to a field goal. But 225 through the year and 2.9 per carry on the ground should win you every single game that you play, regardless of opponent, regardless of venue. It should win you every single game that you play, every single game. Ole Miss did more than enough defensively to win. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I didn't hear it the same way you did. You say, do you see Kiffin basically put the blame on Charlie? I I think he actually kind of went to bat for his guy today. He said, you guys only care about who's calling plays when things go poorly. And, and essentially said that, you know, I let him call plays, but I've got veto power. So if I don't like something, then I will intervene. That, uh, frankly, I, I think that's uh, that's taking ownership and, which is fine, but it's got to be better regardless of who's taking ownership. But Shout out to Tulane for being the only team out of three that I root for to win a football game. Oh, Rebecca, everybody had a bad, bad weekend, huh? Um, the Saints, uh, historically bad loss today for the Saints. Good Lord. Good Lord. 
when does nine million bucks get some signature wins? Uh, here is an opportunity this weekend. Now, look, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea, and I've already said this, but the, that this game, this Alabama game, has ended their season. Now you can say that the way they played against Alabama scares you about the rest of the season, sure, but like they, they have an opportunity to get back on track with a win this weekend. Being Four and one after the first five games is something that every single person on planet Earth that is an Ole Miss fan would have taken. Lane Kiffin would have taken it. Jackson Bart would have taken it. Keith Carter would have taken it. If, and again, it's a tall task. I, I understand. But I, I wouldn't just put an L next to the game before it gets played, especially when the odds makers think that it's basically a pick em. I mean, again, LSU did not look good, guys, on Saturday. They they, they didn't look good. Uh, so, you know, there's a chance just because it wasn't Alabama and there's a lot of discussion around Lane and Alabama, rightfully so, by the way. It's like the game kind of messes with his head. Uh, but, I mean, you've got a top 10, will it be a top 10 team? Top 15 LSU team come to your place after they, they just won the West uh, a year ago. Um that would be a signature win if they can pull it off. So the opportunity is still presenting itself here. We'll see if 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 he can not do what he did a year ago and keep the team focused and keep himself focused. Because again, what I've seen in the SEC so far is a bunch of teams that can beat each other. I think they can all beat each other, including Georgia. Go back and watch the South Carolina-Georgia game and tell me Georgia's not beatable. A lot of beatable, flawed football teams in the SEC. Every game on the schedule is at least not a guaranteed L, at least as of right now, for both Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I mean that. I mean, just look at the hodgepodge of inconsistency, I think would be the best word. Can you capitalize? Can you focus? Can you earn your pay? Or or are you going to fold? We're about to see. The blame is on Kiffin, I agree. The O-line simply isn't creating the creases that Q needs. Whereas Lane's creative genius. Yeah, that that is something that surprised me is how uncreative everything felt. Look, if you're struggling on the offensive line, I understand that it's hard to operate offense. I do, but man, you, you had a really good... Um, quarterback draw that led to a touchdown in your first drive. Did they go back to that at all? Um, I know he's coming off of an injury, but um, the the two times you targeted Prescorn, you know, he catches one for a long dump off over the middle, and then the other one he dropped. But but still, it it felt like not a single screen, at least an inside screen, was run at all in the game. It it feels. Again, it felt very uncreative, uh, like they were trying to just kind of line up and and play and win. Also, the receivers did a very poor job of blocking on the edges as well. Alabama was really a lot more physical on the edges than Ole Miss was, and they usually really have success doing the jet sweeps and the little push passes and stuff like that, but Alabama was just more physical than Ole Miss on the outside. Um, that led to an issue. Also, shout out to Kiffin for going full Dan Mullen and running the ball down 14 with five minutes left. I, I don't. You thought Zachary Franklin was one of the 
Jackson wide receivers Ole Miss had that were supposed to be good. Um, I wouldn't um, judge Zachary Franklin on that game coming off of an injury in his his first game. I mean, he he didn't even get to go through training camp with the team. I, I don't think that's him as a finished product personally. Why bring players like Jam Griffin in when you don't use them? But to to give him the ball, you've got to take one away. You got to take a carry away from somebody else. Well, well, who is that person? The SEC looks down this year, out of conference losses to pretty good programs in the Big Twelve and ACC. If you had to guess a very very early Final Four, who would I pick? Oh man, um, Washington. Washington, Ohio State, Florida State, Texas. How about that? Washington, Ohio State, Florida State, Texas. The SEC might get shut out this year. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's tough. It's hard. I mean, who knows? I, I, but I agree with you. I, I do think that the SEC is is very clearly filled with a bunch of vulnerable teams. This one or two dominating sides just doesn't exist uh, right now. Could this be somewhat on John Garrison? Q needs uh, a crease to run through, possibly. You say hot take. Saban played better chess than Kiffin. He has moles and got them to leak lies out to Kiffin and made it look like T-Rob was calling the plays in the USF game because he knew Kiffin would talk about it. I don't I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know there. Who's going to be the first team to start spreading the majority of their NIL money on the lines of scrimmage instead of skilled players who immediately get shut down and or killed? Georgia. They've been in that game long before the game started, but yeah. You still like Kiffin and all, but Matt Corral did him a lot of favors. Just hope we haven't seen the pinnacle already. That's That right there is not a uncommon sentiment among Ole Miss fans. There, there's now a worry that Lane cannot take Ole Miss and, and elevate them to another level, similar to the way that, that Dabo did at Clemson. Um, people are concerned that, that he's not serious enough uh, to get that done. And right now, it's a fair question. Now, there are program limitations at Ole Miss, of course, but people are asking that today, and I understand why. Um, it makes sense. And these next two weeks are going to prove. I mean, these next two weeks are, are critical for the narrative about Lane Kiffin. Uh, I mean, he's not going to get fired or anything. But um, these next two weeks will be pretty defining for him as a, as a head coach, I think. You know, the SEC as a whole is down, but the LSU and the Arkansas game uh, – can be a serious issue going forward for keeping this team together. Kiffin really lost them after Alabama in 22. He lost himself after Alabama last year. College football has become a week-to-week sport where we don't really know what will happen. For, for the most part, yeah. For the most part. Hell, he still missed and lose as bad as Colorado. That's true. Watch Ole Miss could pounce LSU next week. Then after two straight W's, have a struggle, win or loss versus Auburn. 
I think Auburn is is going. Uh, do they play Vanderbilt? I think they play Vanderbilt. I, I don't think Auburn's going to win uh, an, an SEC West game this year. They're very bad. They are really bad. I don't even think they're particularly well coached right now, uh, but they're really bad, really bad. LSU is a must win now. You don't care what anyone says. Um, my, hmm. I would agree. I don't agree with you in principle, but I think if they lose, it will start creating an environment. You know what I mean? Losing to LSU, just like losing to Alabama, it's not inherently like a death blow to your season. I don't. I don't mean this negatively. Just Ole Miss loses to LSU more often than they beat them. But what would follow? I think would be falling off. Does Charlie Weiss deserve what he has paid? I see. I, I don't, I don't know. And this is what I, I'm not cautioning people, but I, I don't know exactly how much autonomy he really has. You know, I, I think the criticism of, of him is, is a little unfair considering who his boss is. I think just pointing to Charlie Weiss Jr. is letting Kiffin off the hook here. Uh, I think that that directing it towards him is, is bypassing the offensive-minded head coach who has a headset in a play sheet. I, I can't get past that. Um, you could be better there for sure, but I, I think just pointing to him is is bypassing where some of the blame should lie. The defense was actually pretty good, more than pretty good, more than pretty good. With the personnel that they they have and how they kind of had to piece together that side of the ball, it was it was good enough to win for, for sure. For sure. So far this season, Golding is earning his money. Lane is not. Bentley had one carry, one yeah, they, they just completely went away from trying to run the football very uncreatively as well. Shout out to Dan Lanning. Thought it was masterful motivating his team. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And that's all he was doing. And he was right. He was spot on. It was a good pregame speech. And you know what's funny? You know who's not mad about it and doesn't have a take on it? Dion. It's like all, all these media jokers who have never covered college football before, and after they get beaten up by Southern Cal, will stop covering college football and start pretending that the NBA is America's second favorite sport, and it's not. But they'll go back to pretending that it is. It's college football. Um, but th- they'll go away. But they, they all had like these emotionally charged opinions on Dan Lanning and, oh, how dare he blow up? Uh, he ran up the score and – if roles were reversed, what would people say? Like, shut up. It it was two ranked teams in a conference game. Running up the score is not a thing when it's two ranked teams in a conference game. I'm sorry. And if roles were reversed, everybody would be talking about how awesome it was that Dion kicked Oregon's ass. So stupid. And again, the only person that didn't have a problem with what Dan Landing said was the guy that you are defending as if he is just this poor little little innocent baby deer that just needs to be bottle fed and nursed back to health. He's Deion Sanders. He talks all kinds of shit. Forget my language. I'm, I'm, I'm letting it fly tonight. 
but he is a shit talker. And so when he gets back, he he respects it. I mean, he was one of the best defensive backs in the game. I mean, he's gotten his fair share and he's dished his fair share. And he didn't take offense to it. He and Dan, I mean, they were, it was fine. And, and you're defending him. Don't defend people that are not asking to be defended. But again, they'll go back to the end, covering the NBA as if people care here soon. Ole Miss should have had a two to three score lead at the half. They should have. Do I think things will change offensively for Ole Miss this week? I think they should. I, I don't know. I, I do not know if they will. People thought South Carolina would win by 10-plus points. I knew they wouldn't. It's a close game. Seems like defenses have figured out the Ole Miss RPO. It's been evident since last season teams are keying on the RPO. It will help when Harris is back to 100% and Prescorn's more useful. That will help. Kiffin is 3-7 and seven against teams that finished in the top 25 since 2020. Um, spin zone, what are his predecessors at Ole Miss against the top 25? Do they win almost half of the time? Now, those predecessors didn't get the investment. It, again, I, the predecessors didn't get the investment that he's getting, and so it's different, but context still is important to some degree. Why is Ole Miss struggling to develop wide receivers? I, I think this game was more about health, uh, effective health, than um, the inability. I mean, Watkins has been really good. Wade was a walk-on. I mean, th- those are two guys that were good evaluations and have gotten better uh, with their time at Ole Miss, but um, they are too thin there. It's uh, Developing depth is an issue. The, the top end, they're okay. Depth is an issue. Um, they, they haven't really focused on developing depth since Kiffin's gotten there. I mean, they, they've just now changed their recruiting strategy, thanks probably in part, if not in full, to Pete Golding. But that, that has been a bizarre uh, position of failure at Ole Miss. They don't have quality depth at wide receiver to fill in for the guys that get hurt. On the top end, they're good, but a couple guys guys get hurt and suddenly the position just falls apart. Why was no one young even playing at wide receiver? Why recruit these guys if transfers will only play? I, I think it, it's as simple as they, they don't trust them. I, I don't think they trust Aiden Williams. I don't think they think that he – I mean, he showed you in the two-lane game when he played, he, he, he didn't know what he was supposed to do. And so they, they don't trust that in Tuscaloosa. They're not going to play him. The defense gave Jackson Dart and the offense every opportunity in the first half, an interception and in, in holding Alabama to a field goal in which their drive started on the one. Stops like that win games. Absolutely. The media who are out there acting like everyone cheering Colorado's comeuppance is a race thing are insane. Literally saw an insurance commercial with Coach Prime in the same space as Saban. Yeah, I'd, uh, it's confirmation bias is what some of those people are seeking. It will never get to Ole Miss fans' heads. A lot of them are weak. This is coming from an Ole Miss fan. You don't think Ole Miss beats LSU either? Going to have to change your mind. And if they lose to LSU in brutal fashion, I think the Arkansas game is in jeopardy too. Absolutely it is. Uh, Pittman will need that one. What you hope happens is the wheels fall off and they lose to Texas A&M this weekend, and that's three losses in a row, and then the quit factor comes in. 
Things have been going poorly for Ole Miss since Alabama last year offensively. That is true. Yet Lane continues running speed sweeps that don't work and sideways passes, all the while never throwing in the middle. Why? I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Outside of last year, every loss to Bama, they rebounded. Didn't they beat A&M after Alabama last year as well? Yes, the opportunity is still there. Like you said, you just need to see it. This team is good enough to win 10 games. They are. They are because of defense. Which, again, it's not going to be perfect. Like, you're not going to get that defensive performance. I don't even think this weekend. Daniels is better than Milrow. LSU, frankly, is, I think, better than Alabama. Um, But it seems like you can at least depend on them to not lose the game for you, which was an issue a year ago. So, comparing and equating a national championship coach at multiple schools to a guy that did okay in a level below FCS for 12 minutes and talks a lot based solely on media attention is why they got blowback, nothing else. Uh, That's back to Colorado. Absolutely. Absolutely. UGA is the closest to a guaranteed loss. But even them, uh, I mean, even them – they look human. Hell, they struggled again early this weekend. I mean, that South Carolina team, you saw it last night. They, they can't stop anybody. So, Lane doesn't seem to care. He's too nonchalant all the way around. That is a bit of his personality. It, it is the lack of seriousness that that I have have learned that's that's starting to bother people. I mean, you can you can get away with stuff like that. You can get away with the the don't give a shit attitude. You can get away with the the flirting with other jobs, and and you can get away with the Twitter, and you can get away with all that when you're winning, when you're exceeding expectations, when you establish expectations, when you get paid like one of the best head coaches in America, and the fans flood your NIL fund by the millions, and then it looks like this, you can't get away with it. Cannot get away with it. So, again, I'm surprised how low his Q rating is uh, among Ole Miss fans. I'm really surprised. I I, I did not expect the the visceral reaction uh, that that he got this weekend. But I I don't think – I'm not telling you you're wrong for having those feelings. I I hope I'm not coming off that way. I was just surprised to see how intense it was. But I get it. It was entertaining to see Rodgers and Tulu go off, but I don't think they're making a bowl unless the defense steps up any. Yeah, you know, South Carolina just could not. They, they didn't have an answer for, for Tulu, and allowing him to beat them over the top multiple times is, is just insanity. Uh, but he needs more touches, and I don't know if he'll ever get them. Um, offense was not the problem uh, yesterday. Rodgers was much better. Uh, was a little inconsistent in the second half. It had that bad interception, and... Uh, held onto the ball too long that led to a, a sack fumble, and that kind of cost them the game. But that's nitpicking. He was not the issue. Offense was not the issue. They play well enough to win. Uh, they just they're going to struggle stopping people. Uh, they're they're going to struggle stopping Alabama uh, Saturday night. Uh, it could get bad there, but because of the West and the way it is, it just it may not. I don't. It's just a hodgepodge of just kind of the same. That's what it feels like. 
You'd really like to see Franklin and Priestcorn fully healthy. You'll get there. Um, yeah, people forget it was their first game. Yeah, exactly. It, that wasn't their finished product at all. What was the deal on that last drive? They let the play clock run down into single digits once they got closer to the end zone and then ran the ball up the middle. So you can agree or disagree with the logic, but the, the logic behind the way they paced that final series was guarantee yourself a touchdown. Just go score. You've got three timeouts and then see what happens after that. So that you take your time more in those situations to to focus and and score first and then kind of see what happens from there. I thought that it was still head-scratching some of the decisions anyway, especially running up the middle and inside the red zone. Um, when, when you're losing time, I thought it was a bizarre decision uh, in that spot. But the reason they didn't just try to fly through that was you got to score one before you score the second one, right? You've got to guarantee you get one. Washington looks legit. Penix for Heisman. Oh, no, but no, uh, Shador is the third best quarterback in the country. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about with the discourse. Shador Sanders beats Colorado State, and suddenly he jumps over guys like Michael Penix. It's like guys who have done it at this level for longer and have done it better are just suddenly, what, nothing? Because of hype. That's all that was was hype and nothing more. There, There was no physical reality that that was based on other than hype and, and, and these experts bought it and it was just ridiculous. It's, anyway, that's what NFL people do though. That's what NBA people do. That's the media that's reacting to Colorado this way for the most part. It's people that don't cover college football. It's people that don't know who Michael Penix is, even though he is elite. He had an elite season last year. He's at a power five program in a big market too. He's an elite player, and just he's nothing because Shador beat Colorado State. It's ridiculous. That reminds me, if Jimbo doesn't overthink himself as usual, and they leave that Max Johnson kid in long term, they've got something. He had moments at State last year and was almost perfect yesterday. Yeah, they really, they really uh, almost. I say almost. I mean, they weren't going to get scored on, but got weird there for a second. I think that was more about Auburn than than that was Texas A&M, though. Honestly, Jason, I think Auburn's really bad. Um, that, that, to me, was my takeaway. So Auburn's horrible. What do we think of LSU and Arkansas? Winnable games that you have to play really, really well uh, to win. They are winnable. But, yeah, I mean, almost just they have to play better than they did on Saturday. That that was not the best that they can play. That was not the best that Jackson Dart can play. That was not the best that they can call plays. They'll be a little bit healthier this weekend. But they've, they've got to play better or else they'll lose them both too. Equally losable as they are winnable. Auburn looks like a disaster. They are a disaster. I feel bad for Philip Montgomery. I mean, he, he was going to throw him under a bus here soon, I promise. All the bandwagon fans have returned to Alabama from their vacation at Colorado. Or they just returned back to the NFL. 
Ole Miss might be in an A&M Jimbo situation. They might be stuck with eight and four yearly product when they're paying for a 10 and two plus product. It's possible. It's not one game. It's more of having two losses before October starts with a bunch of transfers. Got to have that second loss first, but I, I feel you. No, I feel you. Yeah, that's what I was kind of hitting at earlier. If they lose to LSU, you're worried about how the season goes moving forward. That That's kind of what I was talking about is what that loss would do internally, I think, would be more of a disaster than the loss itself. Losing to LSU is not a death blow, but losing to Arkansas the next week could be a damning for the team and morale this season. Bentley has a fumbling problem. That's the main issue with him. That's part of it for sure. If you don't want the score run up, you're supposed to be a premier team. Stop them on defense. Exactly. I don't like running the score up. Frankly, I didn't like that, that Ole Miss was throwing late in the fourth quarter against Mercer. I know you wanted to, to get... The, the other quarterbacks work, and, and I understand that. I, I get it. But it's Mercer. You know what I mean? You're, you're totally overmatched. When it's two top 25 teams in a conference game, there is no such thing as running up the score. None. You much prefer the shit-talking version of Borky? Yeah. You might get it sometimes. You might get it sometimes. Common logic would suggest that you can't put all the blame on Weiss, but this offense has not been as creative or exciting since Lebby took off. Maybe that's more not having Corral, but it's so different. Oh, I'm with you. I, I don't think that that he is absolved from blame either. I just I think that too many people are skipping over Kiffin to get to him when it, it should be passed around evenly. Freshman Perkins had two and a half sacks. Going to be a player like the kid at LSU. Yeah, he he is. I mean, he he's special athletically. Uh, got got himself out of position a couple of times though. That's kind of what they're afraid of. But at this point, you just got to play him. I mean, he's too, he's just too athletic not to play. Especially when you've got to handle Daniels in a similar way uh, that you did Milrow. Uh, I don't think Daniels is as uh, electric as a runner as Milrow, but he's a much better passer, much more consistent passer. So. You got to do something similar uh, with him this weekend. Yeah, state needs to develop the offensive line better. Yeah, they don't protect well enough. Will Rogers' internal clock has got to speed up, though. That fumble was what well, that was a quarterback fumble. You've got to get the ball out, or you've got to move in the pocket. You can't just sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there. You're going to get hit eventually. That's what got Derek Carr hurt today. You've got to get rid of that football. You've got to know that. An offensive line can't hold blocks for five or six seconds. Not usually, anyway. Seeing how the Ole Miss secondary gets burned, Daniels and Malik neighbors have me concerned. Yeah, I mean, they they, they did a very good job of, of protecting that over the top until they didn't, but that that is their issue. What is the problem with the Ole Miss offensive line? Dominant the last two years running the ball, getting whipped up front every single game. But that's the thing. A year ago, they weren't really dominant against the better fronts that they played. Mississippi State really contained them and shut them down in the run game. Um, I mean, really uh, just owned Ole Miss up front. Um, LSU was really dominant against Ole Miss up front. Texas Tech was really dominant against Ole Miss up front. So th- that's, that's not particularly new uh, this year. Um, I wonder if somebody's 
kind of figured out how to defend their run scheme or, or what. I don't know. But that this, frankly, is not new. It's a carryover from a year ago. Glad people didn't call for Jackson's job yesterday. Yeah, yeah, some people kind of did. But, yeah, that's, that's just goofy at, uh, at this point. So Jackson was fine outside of the pick. He was. He, he was okay. He wasn't great. He was okay. Um, they needed him to be great if they were going to win, and he wasn't great. But, I mean, he wasn't. You know, he's part of the blame. You can't absolve the quarterback for the blame either when he did make an egregious mistake. I mean, you, you just you can't do that. But, um, yeah, he was okay. Needs to be better this weekend. You think Georgia will look like yesterday's game an ugly 24 to 10? It's possible. It's how it looked with South Carolina. You think if Ole Miss would have beaten Alabama, they would have went into LSU with their head in the clouds? No way of knowing now. No way of knowing now. Kiffin's not the same without Jeff Levy. Maybe it was Levy who was the offense all along. Yeah, but then explain Lane Kiffin at Florida Atlantic. Explain Lane Kiffin at Alabama. They're not going for it on fourth and one at the four-yard line was the game. Looking back, if State can get it in there, it's a different game, really, from that point on. Yeah, very conservative decision there from from Zach Arnett to, to take the penalty there. I thought he called timeout, honestly. Uh, I didn't I didn't have the volume up because uh, I had the volume up on the Ohio State game, if I'm being totally uh, honest there. Um, there's personal reasons for why I, I can't. Anyway, um, so I assume that that they called time out there. But either way, yeah, that is just kind of too conservative in that spot, especially when you're not getting stops. Auburn is terrible, but whoever A&M had in at quarterback earlier was just as bad. Wiegman, he was uh, he was a little banged up, but yeah, yeah. Fun show tonight. Looks like we need a swear jar. Five dollars for each that goes to the charity of your choice. Yeah, that would actually be kind of fun. That would uh, that would be fun. Got to run. We'll see. We'll have plenty of talk about on Tuesday. Absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, so much happens between now and Tuesday as uh, as well. What if LSU wins on a fluky last second field goal? I, I don't know. It, that's that's why you pay Lane the big bucks to navigate stuff like that if that happens. Monty looked pretty quick when he was the spy a couple of times. He had a good game. Monty Montgomery had a really good game yesterday. Most of the defense had a really good game yesterday. As bad as the offense was, the defense is going to be exciting with Golding. Perkins is special. Excited to watch this defense the rest of the year and the years following. And with the way he's recruiting, this is the worst one that he's going to have. So that uh, that is encouraging. Missed evaluations and underdevelopment for the offensive line. It's part of it. It's part of it for sure. What a horrible reestablishing ruling in the South Carolina pick. So I learned something, actually, uh, after that. So the the threshold for a defensive player to reestablish themselves in bounds is not the same as an offensive player. All a defensive player has to do is be in bounds for any amount of time as long as he is in bounds at all. He is an active player. There's no... The threshold is different. The offensive player has to be firmly established, and he can't touch the ball first when he comes back in 
in bounds, a defensive player. All, all, so they got the call right. I did not know that it was like that. I, I just assumed it was the same. But no, he had that toe in, and that's all he needed to have in uh, to make that play. So I, I, I was with you. I thought it was terrible. It didn't make any sense. Turns out the threshold is uh, is different. So uh, things aren't going to get any easier for State either. I mean, again, that as I said earlier, I, I truly think that South Carolina is the worst, uh, has the worst defense that they will see for the rest of the year in conference play. I, I think that that uh, was a, a huge missed opportunity to, to get a win uh, that I think that they needed. Uh, because when you look around the SEC, I, I don't see um, any worse, at least on that side of the ball, than uh, than South Carolina. They're quite bad there. I mean, Furman had success. North Carolina had success. Um, they were banged up, too. And, um, yeah, anyway, so... I got to run. Thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in and being a part. Please like the video, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. We will uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, Tuesday night, seven forty five. I will see you guys then. You guys have a great rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the football, and I'll talk to you on uh, on Tuesday. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.